This is the Adoptive Mom Podcast. Adoption may look different for each family, but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap. And that is what we do here. We encourage, we build up, we share the wins and losses. We lean on each other and we get through this together. Thanks for joining us. everyone, and welcome back to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I am your host, Alex Fitton, and after a whole season of episodes on how the Enneagram influences our adoption journeys, I get to bring you two more. You can find and follow along with me on Instagram and Facebook at The Adoptive Mom. Today is our very last number episode, you guys. We are finishing our number series off with the lovely, calm, and kind Enneagram Nines. I am so excited to bring back Jeanette Tapley of It's Time for Coffee to tell us all about being an adoptive mom and an Enneagram 9. You can grab Jeanette's full adoption story on the Adoptive Mom Podcast by going back to Season 3, Episode 7. Before we jump into my interview with Jeanette, though, let's take a minute and do an overview of Enneagram 9s. All right, Enneagram Nines are called the peacemakers. They are motivated by a desire to feel stability and peace of mind, not just for themselves, but for everyone around them. And they have a basic fear of conflict, hurt, and loss. Nines are easygoing, complacent, calming, and they are amazing listeners. They always strive to make their environment peaceful and inviting for everyone, literally everyone. They are welcoming to all, and they want everyone to feel invited, included, and safe. Since they are the crown of the Enneagram, so to speak, they hold qualities of all the types and they can get along easily with just about everyone. They seek to understand others and hold space for their thoughts, feelings, and beliefs to be validated and heard. Nines are the middle number in the gut or doing or anger triad. And because they are the middle number and they're part of that perfect triangle of nine, three, and six, they fall asleep to their motivator, so to speak. This means that their triad motivator, doing, is their most repressed. They can take in information through doing, and they actually do that better, but they first use thinking and feeling to process and understand the world around them. And this puts them in the withdrawn stance along with four and five. So nines can wing to eight and to one. Nines with an eight wing are called the referee. They are still peaceful and calming nines, but they can whip out their assertiveness in order to return the peace to a stressful or combative situation. Nine wing ones are called the dreamers. They are typically more creative and wistful and idealistic than their wing eight counterparts. They also tend to be less scattered and more organized. Okay, so nine through the lens of our three variants, self-preservation, social, and sexual. Self-preservation nines, like other self-preservation types, are focused on getting their needs met. So even though a nine tends to repress their needs in order to keep the peace, self-preservation nines will tend to be more passive-aggressive in order to be heard and seen. They may also repeat themselves or overtly hint around just to be heard. Social nines make incredible team members, and they may even naturally rise in leadership within those teams, but they struggle with losing their identity by naturally merging with the group and what is best for everyone else. 
Sexual or one-to-one nines tend to live vicariously through those closest to them, especially with a romantic partner. They will merge their feelings and desires with that small inner circle and have more of a tendency to lose their identity altogether, even though they will still sense that identity within. In stress... Nines go to six, the loyalist. They will become anxious and worried and will lean into their natural desire against acting on a situation and they will instead fall numb to it because of this fear. Insecurity, however, nines go to three, the achievers. We will see them become better self-motivated and more energetic in their desires to bring peace and balance in the world around them. And that is an overview of our Enneagram 9 friends and family. Before we go talk to Jeanette, though, I want to remind you guys to sign up for Alex Mail. This is how I can best reach you guys with new episodes and important updates and even exciting info that I share with email list people before everyone else. So head to the adoptivemompodcast.com slash community and sign up now. All right, friends, let's go chat with Jeanette Tapley all about being an Enneagram 9 adoptive mom. All right, Jeanette, welcome back to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I am so excited to talk to you again. I love getting to talk to you. Uh, How's it going? It's so good. I love just catching up, like just seeing your face and talking. And man, we go way back. We really do. And we've never met in real life, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I I feel, yeah, we like do this face-to-face talks a lot, like Marco Polo or whatever. Yeah, we get real. We get real enough and that's fun, but I'm happy to be here and happy to hang out. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Well, good news uh, about that. And I, amidst COVID, it's always good news to hear that someone's doing well. (laughs) For sure. Um, Take a second and just remind us of who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I'm Jeanette Tapley. I am a podcast host of It's Time for Coffee. And I am the showrunner and producer behind like many shows. I honestly probably should add them up now, but I just haven't. I edit, produce, help, just kind of like get podcasts going and uh, all the things. And it's a lot of fun. And I really enjoy that. I enjoy helping people like find their podcasting dreams and getting their voices out there. And then on top of that, I'm a mom. I am a wife. Uh, Jesse and I have been married for 16 years. We have Ezekiel who is 14, Titus who is 12 and Zoe is 10. And so we're just kind of in that like tween teen years and it's a lot of fun and uh, we live in central texas and are just kind of the most um sarcastic and i think funny family that there might ever be (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing and if you guys know what she looks like which you should because you should follow her on social media and everything but you know what she looks like you will know that there's no way she could possibly have been married for 16 years or have uh, a teenagers. So yeah, that's what happens when you get married as a child. <laughs> we were, I was 18 when we got married. Somebody asked me that the other day, like I posted a picture like of the boys are at the orthodontist and someone's like, um, wait a second. How big are your kids? And not only are they like big kids, but they're like tall and like, how old are you <laughs> like I'm 34 easy heels 14 we got married at 18 had him at 20 so we just started young and the bigger that they get I'm like oh man this is so I'm so thankful to be young and doing this but also like they'll be they'll be gone and we'll be young <laughs> 
that's kind of, I mean, we were 24 or I was 24. Brian's older than me, but I was 24. And that's kind of my theory. I'm like, I will still be young when they're old enough to babysit themselves and move out of my house. Even though that we're like fairly young, they still don't think we're cool, which really like bums me out a lot. Like we were saying something the other day. Titus asked me the other day, do you know what, do you know what Air Force Ones are? I'm sorry, excuse me? Yes, I know what Air Force Ones are. I was like, aren't those Jordan shoes? <laughs> so he was like, oh, yeah. So I'm definitely not, I'm definitely not cool, but, like, I think I am. Uh, yeah, my four-year-old daughter came in the room the other day wearing, she was wearing her leotard for gymnastics, and then she had pants on over it. And she walked in, and she was like, mommy, I cannot wear this. I look like a mommy. And she walked in doing this weird walk, like this funny, like dorky looking walk. And then made like, I don't even know this, like obnoxious, like, like walking around. And I was like, is that what you think I look like (laughs) or how I walk? And I was just like, that was the first time that I was like, they think I'm not cool. Yeah. They think I'm lame. Oh my gosh. It's really depressing. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I'm like, no, y'all don't understand. Like, and I want to be like, guys, I have a podcast. I write books. <laughs> like people actually really like me and they're like, who cares? Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. So Jeanette and I recorded an episode where she told her entire adoption story. I always link to that in the comments. So we're not going to get into that. What we are going to get into today is the Enneagram because you are a nine. I am. You know, I like to remind people that I'm the crown of the Enneagram. Oh yeah. Well, you're like the all-encompassing, like you, you yeah. have, you, you have us all. Yeah. It, your personality. It is that chameleon effect too, which is great, but also like kind of not great. Uh, you know, I mean, so my husband's a three and I feel, I mean, you're, you guys are the, the, yeah. the triad of, uh, you know, nine, six, three. And so I feel like you all have that ability, which I, I enjoy. I think it's a good quality to have. I don't know. I think it sets people at ease, honestly. And for what I do, it's a, it's a good quality to have. For sure. So, okay, maybe like just tell us about how you think being a nine influenced your adoption journey. You know, before before Zoe was stateside, how did you how did it help you decide to do this and move forward throughout the process? Yeah, I really think that being a nine in the process of it was really helpful for us because Jesse's an eight. So me being a nine was very much like, okay, let's see all sides. Let's understand the culture. Let's understand uh, Zoe's adopted from the DRC. So let's understand like what life actually looks like there so that we can have a little bit more empathy or a little bit more compassion and um, grace. Maybe that's the best word, like just more grace because we go into adoption expecting things to run like they run in America. Well, guess what? DRC is not America. They do not operate on a nine to five schedule five days a week. They do not. And it's just different. And so for me, I think as the, as the peacemaker, it was very much like, okay, I'm going to serve you guys. I'm going to get what you, what you need. And then I'm going to be super, super kind because I need you guys to do your job. And if I upset you, you won't do your job for me. <laughs> so it was very much like very much that. And then I think that the fact that it in- influenced our decision to adopt was very much the thought process of like, there are so many kids out there who don't have. And that just broke my heart and, and to, and for that to break my heart and to know that there's not peace for little ones, um, really just, just crushed me. And so that was kind of the, um, I know in our adoption story, I told you that, uh, I was reading a book and God was like, Hey, 
like, I called you to be a mom. What are you going to do about those who are the motherless? And it was like, okay, I guess we're going to do this. We're going to dive all in because I was so concerned for the little girl that, that would call me mom one day who didn't have a mom at that moment. Mm. Wow. And that's, I mean, that's such a powerful story because I think that a lot of us don't, don't think about it like that. And I know that as adoptive moms, we each have such a unique story of like our calling. And I love how God really, um, I don't know, kind of like formulates those callings to fit our unique personalities of like, what's going to influence us to do his will the most, which I, I don't know. I just love hearing those stories. Yeah. Same. Um, okay. So what about like stateside now? Uh, how does, how do you think being a nine influences your parenting now? Uh, <laughs> Jesse would tell you that the kids walk all over me because I'm a nine. Like I'm just trying to make everybody happy. Uh, and that's not true for sure. I think as a nine, the hardest part about being a nine in parenting is the stuffing down of emotions and like the, like, I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with you later. I'll deal, you know, like life is getting at me. So I'm just going to stuff, stuff, stuff. All of a sudden I explode. Mm. And so like, I'm like this like wretched volcano. And so that's the hardest part about being a nine in mothering is just that stuffing. And it's something that, you know, one, God and I are really working on. And two, when I realized it was something that was like kind of built in me, I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm not, well, yes, I am just a sinful person, but like, okay, it's, it's actually something like I can deal with instead of just being like, oh, this is just who I am. And so, um, I've talked a lot about it in counseling actually. And so I think as a nine in parenting my three kids who are so different, it has been very much like, okay, I can't do everything the same. And I think when, when they were little, that's just kind of what we did, right? No, don't do that. No, no, don't do this. Yes, we can do this. And so you just kind of like have these yeses and nos that, that are set. And I feel like understanding who I am in the Enneagram and understanding who God made me to be, I now can say like, okay, so I can say yes to you here because I know and I understand what you need here. But I'm going to pull back from you for like, you can't do this because I can see where this might like tip the scales for you. And, um, like I can, I can lean in with Zoe a little bit differently because I, I can show her a little bit more compassion. One as a girl, like this understanding as like, Oh, Hey, like we're girls and then we live with all these gross boys, but two, like, okay, I I'm trying to be a little bit more empathetic to you. So I feel like it's a really cool thing to try to look at my kids and see peace and instead of making them happy, creating that piece and how I parent each one so differently. Yeah. And, you know, first of all, that's amazing. Just being able to to pick up on those nuances, because I think that for so many of us parents, especially, I mean, me as a one, like I want it all to be fair and balanced. And that is a battle I have to fight every day to say, like, I cannot parent them all the same. I mean, I take Rock, which is one of my adopted ones, and he has so many sensory issues and he he can't physically do the things that the other kids can do. But in my mind, I'm like, should you can, I will make this happen. And it doesn't work like that. Um, and you touched on something else, the, the anger. So we're both in the anger triad, but since you're in that middle number, you guys fall asleep to it. And so you were saying it erupts, like, does it, does it kind of take you by surprise or can you feel it coming? I, it used to take me by surprise a lot where I would just all of a sudden be like yelling. And I was like, wait, wait, where did this come from? I was just laughing a second ago. And so now I can kind of see it. Like I can see it coming. And, um, I, I don't know if that's more about learning about my Enneagram or my cycle (laughs) or what it is. Uh, I think it's just like being self-aware too. But, um, 
And it might also be having bigger kids and understanding that I, I'm allowed to walk away. I don't have to parent in that specific moment. Um, my counselor told me that one time, like, hey, your kids, like, even, even like, they're probably like five, you know, what, five, seven, and nine. She's like, walk away. You can wait a week to deal with this, and your kids are still going to know that they were wrong. Like, you don't, they're not in that baby stage where you have to deal with this immediately. She's like, walk away because all you're going to do is explode and, and make a fool of yourself. And I was like, you're right. Mm. So, so it's just, a, so that's been a really good thing. And so I think we all kind of see the signs now where Jesse will be like, Hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you work out? Like, so like, there's just like these like tells and I, and I don't even know that I could tell you what they are until I feel it. And that's always my sign. To like, yeah, I'm going to take the dogs for a walk. I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to work out. I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back because, um, because one, I just, I just, I end up embarrassing myself. Like that's what it turns into. Like I'm not doing any good parenting. I'm just acting a fool. Honestly, one of the times that it shows up the most is when we're doing family chores. I get so mad at the filthy animals I live with when we start cleaning the house and I end up like, and what, what it always starts at, (laughs) this might not even answer your question. Um, what it always starts is like, Hey guys, it's like me cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. Hey, you grab a mop. Hey, you grab this. And then, and then I start cleaning. I'm like, why are you all so dirty? And I'm like, I don't know what's happened here. All of a sudden, Jesse's like, you didn't even tell us that we were going to clean the house today. You just started cleaning. You started demanding. And then you started screaming. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened here. So that's kind of a tell for me. When I start cleaning, I'm like a, a raging monster. Cleaning is a big one for me too. Cause I think it's just like, I feel so unappreciated and it's like they're four and five Alex. Like they don't yeah. care that you just clean the bathroom and they just yeah. mess it up again. They don't care yeah. and they don't notice. And that makes me mad because I'm like, they should. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, I'm like our, my, and it's been a big, it's been a pet peeve. I've said it so many times on my podcast. Um, my family takes their socks off and just leaves them on, like in the couch, mm. on the couch, on the floor. Like there's just like socks everywhere. And I'm like, What? is happening. Like, like you unappreciate, you know, like I just like start spewing things and Jesse's like, nobody is understanding anything that you're saying right now. Cause you just look like a lunatic. And I'm like, I know, but I live with filthy animals. So, <laughs> so. you said stinky boys. We have actually, so save for Clark, my, my teen that doesn't live with us anymore. We have the exact same family lineup. Yes. And that is something me and my daughter are constantly like, stinky boys that we live with these boys but she her room is the dirtiest which is oh yeah anyway girls girls are collectors like little pieces of paper little like I I've come to realize and Zoe's really really creative and fun and how she dresses up her dolls but that means she uses like latex gloves or socks or rubber bands and she's like always like creating ways for her dolls to have clothes please hear me that she has plenty of doll clothes. Like we have lots of clothes. I'm not like forcing her to be creative in this way, but like she will take electrical tape and just like, so it's, yes, it's, I'm like, I get so mad cleaning her room. So I'm like, you have so much, what are you doing? So that's enough to make you go like, like twitchy eyed crazy where you're just like, I don't comprehend how this is happening. Nothing makes me want to throw away everything more and start over than her room. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've gotten that so many times to my four-year-olds who don't understand. 
Because I'm a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't clean. That's the thing is I just can't clean. So yeah, problem solved. <laughs> Um, okay. So this has become my favorite question to ask. So I, I want to know how does your nineness relate to your kids' personalities? And I think more specifically the kid that you struggle with the most, how do you think that that, uh, I don't know, relates through the eyes of the Enneagram? Oh, okay. So I know you're not supposed to type your kids. Um, yeah. but we've actually kids are older, they're older and we read through it a lot with them and they kind of can tell you kind of what they think they are too. So I think that that's, that's like my first, like, caveat thing. So I think Ezekiel's a nine like me. Um, for example, on Monday we had an orthodontist appointment, like I said, and he was going to get red and green bands. And I was like, and he, when I was in there, he's like, I'll just get dark blue. So we got in the car. I'm like, Hey, I thought you were going to get red and green. And he goes, well, I just know that it's a lot more work for them to do multiple colors. So I just decided to go one color. It just makes it easier for their job. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then and I'm like, you are so much like me, but that's so sweet. That's so kind of you to think of them, but they actually like are really good at what they do. So if you want multiple colors next time, don't be afraid to ask. It's okay. And so he's like, okay. So he's such a nine, such a nine. Um, and then so sweet. And then I think Titus is a four, um, very emotionally driven, very, um, artistic and kind of like that. Um, just he's a deep thinker and deep feeler as a nine dealing with that you would think or I thought for a while like oh him and I I'll be able to parent this easy false very false <laughs> you're both withdrawn stance we're both so withdrawn. you have that but but I can't understand his feelings mm. because my and I don't know if this might just be like a selfish thing but because my feelings make sense to me and his feelings are so felt mm. that I'm like, I can't handle it. It's so crazy. So there's a little bit of struggle there where I'm trying to understand like, okay, so your feelings, you need to feel heard in your feelings where I just need to feel understood in my feelings. So there's a very like, that word is so similar, but so different. And so, mm. um, and I do very careful with my words to him because I'm like, it doesn't matter. And he's like, Oh, my feelings, my life doesn't matter to you. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, obviously not. So there's a lot there, right? There's a lot to unpack. And plus we're in this pre-teenage new, new everything. So four plus hormones. Good grief. <sighs> and so, and then Zoe, who I would say like her and I struggle the most, but I think it's because we're the most similar. Um, and, and I like, she's our adopted daughter. I think, I think we've cleared that up. Um, yeah. I think she's an eight. <clears throat> and so that's rough. That's real rough. Um, because my eight wing w- in my motherhood will tell me I will win. I will win these mm. fights. Well, I've never met a child more <laughs> independent and stubborn than her. And that's what she had to be like. And I, and I tried to remind myself all, all the time, like she is who she is because of her story and because of her past and whether she's been with us five years or not, she still has that like strong desire to survive. And I appreciate that. And I love that in her, uh, but I want it out of her. Like I want to win. And so that's been the biggest one. I think we struggle the most because uh, we both get heated and then we are both just like, there's nothing, there's nothing cool about yelling and screaming with it, with an eight, a uh, nine year old. Like, it's just like, just like back and forth of, nonsense and then I'm like cleaning out her room 
<laughs> that reminds me of my very favorite, uh, ex- like of, you know, analogy that you have of you guys like yelling at each other in sign language. Oh, oh yeah. It's oh, my yeah. favorite thing to hear about from you. So much, so much like gestures and like, and it's, it's, it's a spectacle. That's what it is. It's something <laughs> to be seen. So I don't know if that answers your question fully, Alex, but like, that's, that's how the nine and me meets with each other kid. I think with each kid. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense that you would struggle with your four too, because I think as a peacemaker, you want to help balance his feelings and fours don't want to be balanced and not like, not like as a refusal, but like, that's just who they are. Yeah. And that's something that Joey Shuey, who I interviewed a few episodes ago, that's what she taught me is like, as an eight, she's an eight. And as an eight, she wants to fill her son's empty cup or half empty cup. And he doesn't want it to be filled. Yeah. And so it's just like a lost cause. And I can see as a nine, how you would want that too. You would want to balance. You would want to bring peace and he doesn't want that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very interesting because I'm just like, yeah, let's like, let's process these feelings. Let's go for it. He's like, no, I'm just gonna sit here. Like, oh, (laughs) okay. Oh my, yeah, my husband is a wing four and he definitely gets, he's a very strong wing four. Um, he definitely gets like that sometimes. And I'm like, so you just want to wallow. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. Don't and, wallow well. And I can wallow for like 15 minutes and then I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm bored. I can't wallow anymore. I gotta go do something. <laughs> yeah. Same girl. Uh, okay. So what do you, what was well, shifting, shifting gears to your marriage a little bit. You said your husband's an eight, right? I think yes. Okay. I've talked to Beth McCord about this. <laughs> Jesse is probably an eight, but I think he shows a lot of signs as a six because he's very, very, um, a six and a five. Like I go back and forth. He will tell you I'm completely lost that he is an eight, but he is so, so he dives deep into things. He becomes an expert in like anything he wants to like right now. He is like, like he is head first in mixology. Like we have the best cocktails, but I don't know. It's just, it's very interesting. So yes, he would say he's an eight. So I need to say that he's an eight. Um, I think he's an eight with a seven wing. Interesting. So I mean, I know that, um, like one-to-one sixes can present as eight. So I don't know. I know. I know. That's what, that's what Beth told me. I've told Jesse that. And when he reads all of the six stuff, he does it. He's like, no, that's not me. That's not me. I'm like, okay. All right. Well, how do you think that uh, maybe eight and a nine, how do you think that that works out in your marriage? Um, I love it so much because he really does balance me and my feelings. I have to tell him sometimes like I, I care like, cause I'm always like, this person doesn't like me. How dare they? And he's like, who cares? I'm like, okay, I care. Like I care. Um, so I need you to care. <laughs> like I just need, or just like not care, but like, don't just brush me off. And that's one of the conversations we have a lot. Like, don't brush me off. Listen to what I'm saying. Validate. Like, I understand that you feel that way. I don't need you to be like, yeah, we feel this way and it's okay. I'm like, I don't need that, but I just need you to be like, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, and then on the other side, I tried to like calm him down or like, Hey, let's not be so harsh there. Like, like, it's okay. Like, we don't have to fight every battle that's in front of us. Like we can actually like walk away from it. So it's a, a, I love being married to Nate because I have such a champion beside me and such a fighter. Um, and at the same, and then the same breath, I think he would say that I make him nicer. So. Hey, that's a good combination. It's so How, sweet. I really love it. 
That's awesome. How do you think it transfers into your parenting together? Oh, I think the same way because like we so often we parent together. Like I, I'm really, really thankful that even with his job that we are able to parent side by side. Um, there's a lot where I do on my, uh, on my own or uh, especially when the kids were little, like it just, I felt like it was my job to kind of like carry the parenting load. And um, I, I don't know if it's as the boys get bigger or as Zoe's older too, like if he just is a little bit easier to jump in now or if I just let go a little bit more, but we, we are very, very team oriented. Um, we try to be on the same page as much as possible and very much like that same thing. Like, Hey, you were a little bit harsh to, to the kids today. And he's like, Oh my bad. You know, or he's like, you need to have a bigger backbone. Like, come on. And so like yesterday's a great example. Tyus has his phone kind of, or he has all electronics pulled away because he's a bad grade. Well, it's the weekend. And I'm like, yeah, you can be on the PS4. That's fine. And Jesse's like, it's a bad grade. He can't be on the PS4. And I was like, let's compromise. You have two hours all weekend. You can pick one device. You can have the PS4 or you can have your phone. That's it. And so he's like, okay, I picked the PS4. I'm like, two hours. That's it. So he comes into our room this morning. Can I play on the PS4? I was like, yep, set a timer. You get 30 minutes right now. He's like, what? Oh, oh, 30 minutes. Uh. And Jesse's like, we're showing you grace. We are allowing you to have something that you shouldn't have. You can argue with us and lose everything or you can abide by our rules. And so there's just like this like good balance of, of harsh eightness and then like compassion by the nine. (laughs) It's good cop, bad cop at its very best. Oh, for sure. And so often I want to say so often, I feel like I get the bad cop role because just like moms kind of get that. Uh, I guess dads get it. I don't want to generalize, but he, I don't know. It's fun. We get to switch hats, I guess. I guess it's good. That's awesome. Okay. So how do you think that being a nine influences your needs as a mom and a wife? And when I say needs, I don't mean like hashtag self-care, get a mani-pedi. I mean like your real soul needs. Um, man, I have to think about like what my real soul needs are. I, I just love together time. And I think that 2020 has really like slowed us down in a really, really cool way. And somebody asked me what I hope for 2021. I said the same thing. Like, I just want to be able to say, I want my yeses and nos to matter more in business and life and all of that in our family. And so um, when I think about like what I need as a mom, I, I need my people. Like I love our, like last night we had pizza and watch loss. Like I love those times. Um, and so I think as a nine that, that I think it's that piece, right? It's just that like, I crave all five of us in the same house on the same couch, just together. Um, Mm. and I think, I think that my people are pretty good at that. I think having a nine and a four, um, kind of fall into place with that as a, as a mom easily. Oh, that's awesome. Like it's, it's great that you can make that happen. Um, I think for so many of us, it feels like more work than it's worth to have our needs met. And so it's really cool that you, um, I don't know that you're able to make that happen. Yeah. Um, okay. Shifting into some of these closing questions and just for fun, what do you think is the most overtly nine thing about you? (laughs) I, I love sleep so much. (laughs) (laughs) I will I love a good nap and I've been in a really big hustle season last probably like year and a half just like really growing and pushing and and all that and I find myself like I am so tired 
I want to go to bed. I just need to rest. And so there's moments of like pure sloth that I really, really crave. And so I think that's the most nice thing about me. I also hate confrontation though. And I I feel like I'm like the stereotypical nine in, in all reality. I really do think I might be. So I have a theory and I want to test it out with you. So I've, in my experience, nines don't want to instigate co- confrontation, but you guys are really good at receiving confrontation and like working it out. Is that, is that true? Or is that just me? I, d- I think it depends on what other personality type is coming as. I do not do conflict well with eights. Um, I feel like in conflict, I can have really, eh, I feel like I can have really solid communication and confrontation because I can, I think that this year has taught me that. I would say in the past, I have not been good in conflict with any number. I tend to just erupt and I, I, I um, speak very quickly and very harshly. So I don't think so. Mm, okay. Well, yeah, I, I can relate to that actually. Cause I don't, I mean, I know we talked about wings a little bit, like I'm a one and I think I have a pretty heavy two wing, but I can also like, I don't love confrontation either. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Brian gets on to me all the time because I don't stick up for myself. I don't yeah. say anything. I just like do whatever needs to be done. And then, but like once I've worked myself up to the point where I'm like, I'm going to do something about this and I think about it and then I overreact and Brian's like, whoa, that was harsh. And I'm like, you told me to stand up for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I just think I, I think, especially in the past, I have, I have definitely spoken too quickly and have had to apologize so many times. I think now I understand conflict a little bit better. And especially if I'm worked up to that point, I can, I can typically handle conflict pretty well. But I think that it's, um, I, I also, I think it's just being a practiced nine and doing what we do and having conversations so often, I'm a little bit better at slowing myself down, thinking about it. I had a conversation with my mom a couple months ago where I was like, well, mom, like, you want the answer to this and that's really hard for me. So, you know, like I can, I can kind of process a little bit better. And I think that just comes from talking all day. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, so what are, what are your favorite and least favorite things of being a nine? Um, I think my least favorite is that people just assume that we are kind of like lazy and sloth like and doormats. Like that's my least favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my favorite is, is kind of being that chameleon. I can walk into a room and I can make people feel pretty comfortable, pretty easy. Um, and it's probably one of my favorite compliments when people tell me like, I feel safe to them. Um, I think that's my very favorite things about being a nine. Oh, that's a, like, goodness. That may, I mean, I, that's such a great quality to have. Um, Cause I think as a, like for me, I'm a pretty high strung person. And so like nobody ever tells me that. <laughs> I did have I feel someone comfortable that, around you. We're, we became fast friends. Like I feel like that's a comfort level. Well, thank you. That does make me, I think it's just, I'm never like the calming presence. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that like I had to get over being like, that's not my personality and that's okay. I have other strengths, but I'm never going to be the like really balanced, like level-headed person. Um, I did have someone, I coordinated a wedding one time and they told me that I was a calming presence and I was like, what? (laughs) But maybe they, maybe that calming presence was the organization that you brought to the table. Maybe, maybe that's, that is the one thing. Uh, okay. What do you wish that every nine mom knew about her number going into adoption? Like the, the process part. 
the process part of adoption. Oh, um, I think going to the process of adoption as a nine, you need to know that you cannot make everybody happy. There will not be peace all the time. And you have to lean into loving your family unit more than pleasing the agency or the mom, um, anything else. Like you, you really have to lean into making peace at home because the, the home that you're bringing the child into is going to matter more than the agency that you're trying to please. Mm, that's so, that's so good. Um, what about after adoption? So what is your biggest piece of advice or encouragement? Like everyone's home, you're parenting now. Again, your unit at home has to be strong. So this is, and this is really hard. And this, this wasn't necessarily hard for me because our adoption was just a little bit different. We didn't have a ton of family around us at that point. Um, but our home had to be strong, stronger than ever bringing a child home, whether you're bringing a baby home, um, or, um, five, you know, it was always almost five when we brought her home. So any age, your unit has to be stronger first and foremost. Um, so I would say focus in on that unit. And if that means displeasing family members, because you just need a minute, um, then do that because like pleasing, pleasing your family, your people and yourself, like making sure that you yourself are okay is more important than anything. So, so good. Um, man, I think that it's, it's so great to be able to learn from other moms that are our type and who have been through before. I mean, you, you're five plus years into this, which is, um, I don't know. I think it's really encouraging. I think especially for our withdrawn types, it can feel really overwhelming to tackle something that feels so much bigger than us. So thank you so much for encouraging us today and, um, just sharing with us your experience and, um, I don't know what it's like to be a nine, which is, I think that everyone, like a little bit, a little piece of everyone aspires to be a nine. So, <laughs> oh gosh, I, I love, I really do like being a nine. And I think that being, a, I mean, obviously God created me this way. So I feel like being a nine has served me well. Um, what, if you were a one, what number would you want to be? You know, I, there's a part of me that really likes being a one. Um, yeah. I like that I get stuff done. I like that I have really like strong values. Um, but I think that there's a stigma that comes with being a one where you're kind of like the party pooper or you you're very like staunch and serious. And I don't fit that well. And so I, I don't know. I think sometimes I have to remind myself that I'm a person and not a number and, um, and just be like, I'm myself. And, you know, there's always like just studying the Enneagram more. I have figured out that like, Oh, that's not like being a social. That's my subtype of social one is actually exactly me. Like that's who I am. And it fits well. And so I think that when we look at stereotypes, it makes it a little harder to judge even ourselves. Um, but being a one, like I enjoy putting people like categorizing people and understanding people better. So the Enneagram is really great for me, but some people I know don't love it because they don't want to feel like they're being put in a box. (laughs) I I think everybody wants to be a seven. So I think if I could pick any other number, I think I'd pick a seven, but honestly, Mm. a lot of my really close friends are ones. I have another really close friend who's a six. I think, I think those are just, I, I don't know. Like if I wasn't a nine, I don't know what I'd want to be. Probably a two. My best friend's a two and she's a great two. Um, but I mean, I, I really do love being a nine. <laughs> it's pretty, I mean, it seems pretty great. My husband's a three and I, 
I think that, so I've learned, so ones are dependent stance. And so we are always looking to something other to be like our, you know, true North or whatever. And so, um, be having a husband, that's a three, my vision of right, you know, I always want to do what's right. And my vision of right is, you know, heavily influenced by who he is. And so I can lean a lot into three tendencies. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a part of me that wishes that I was a three. Um, cause I feel like I would have a lot more follow through and get stuff done. Uh, but there's, you know, there's aspects of being a three that like, like he can't feel as easily like his, you know, he's feeling repressed. And so it takes him a really long time to process emotions and that doesn't seem fun, but I can be really quick on the draw there. And yeah. In a three in a three in health goes six. Is that right? Uh, six. And then in stress, nine. nine. Okay. So in health, I go to a six which, or no, I'm sorry. In health, I go to a three, which is great for what I do. Mm-hmm. And then in stress, I go six, which is definitely where I like lived through most of my childhood. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, I, it's weird. Cause I think we see so rarely our, our security numbers, um, just because it's we're the side of heaven. So we're, um, you know, we're dealing with sin and yeah scary stuff all the time. And so I think we're so rarely in our security numbers and we have like moments of that, but we see so much more our stress numbers, um, which is, I don't know. I think that it's been really interesting to learn that like, cause I go to four and being like, Oh, be like being in four space. Isn't bad. It's just like a growing time, which is cool. I love that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Jeanette and I are about to go have a fun conversation for Patreon supporters. So if you would like to be privy to that, head to patreon.com slash the adoptive mom. But until next time, Jeanette, where can we find you and uh, follow along? Please come find me on Instagram. It's where I'm at the most. Um, at Jeanette Tapley, you will see um, friendship and family and just kind of life as a mom um, with big kids. Um, but really and truly friendship and community is where my heart is at the most. So you'll um, get that there for sure. And then if you need any other questions from me, you can check out JeanetteTapley.com or it's time for coffeepod.com and listen to the podcast wherever you are listening to this right now. Yay. Um, well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love hanging out with you. Thank you so much for listening to the adoptive mom podcast. I hope you found encouragement here. I need you to know that you are enough and you're doing a great job. We are all in this together and I am over here cheering you on. Don't forget to check out show notes for this episode and other resources at the adoptive mom podcast.com. Thanks for joining us.